Hello, everyone. I'm Joey Pizzolatto, Interim Deputy Editor, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News. Since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week of August 3rd, 2020. I'm joined by Amanda Harris, Associate Editor of Auto Finance News. Thanks for joining, like you had a choice. Correct. <laughs> it's Friday, August 7th. 2020, um, and there were some good news this week. Uh, both unemployment rates and new jobless claims beat out their respective forecasts. Um, unemployment in July landed at 10.2%, and jobless claims came in for the week of August 1st at 1.2 million. Still, the good news could be short-lived. Government stimulus, which included a $600 a week addition to unemployment benefits, expired last week, and the payment payroll protection program is set to expire tomorrow. Lawmakers on the Hill are still no closer to finding common ground on a renewed stimulus plan, but President Trump indicated this morning that he would take matters into his own hands through an executive order if the two sides could not come to a conclusion. It's no secret that the auto finance industry has been propped up by government stimulus and unemployment benefits. Lenders such as GM Financial have reported high rate of payments on accounts and deferral, and Credit Acceptance Corp. Chief Executive Brett, Brett Roberts said in their earnings call last week that their deferral rates are lower than pre-COVID levels. Ford Credit also posted a strong quarter. Amanda, I think you wrote that story on Ford Credit, or I know you wrote that story on Ford Credit, so why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Um, so much like we're seeing with, you know, other lenders, um, they definitely were propped up by, you know, the stimulus, low delinquency rates, um, and a lot of that, you know, comes out of the deferral programs and things like that that they put into place to help customers during this time, because um, we're still seeing, you know, fairly high unemployment rates and, and things like that. So a lot of these programs, even though they're coming to an end, um, we're still kind of seeing the benefits from that. Um, so Ford Credit was, was not alone um, in that either. So that kind of was the pillar of strength for the whole company. So that really kind of propped up Ford overall um, for the second quarter. Um, so they had, you know, receivables coming in at over $100 billion for consumer loans and leases, um, which were still, you know, fairly high as far as, um, you know, the FICO score and, and being pretty healthy um, loans and leases. So that, that kind of helped the overall quarter at least look, you know, pretty healthy. Um, we know that that could probably change um, next quarter as some of the deferral programs in and those low rates are probably going to be pretty short-lived. Um, and I imagine they'll start going up as those, those programs start to end and we start to see what's truly going on, um, that we've kind of had this nice glossy film over um, in the last couple months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I'm wondering, you know, did, did Ford Credit, did they increase their um, either allowance for credit losses or provisions for credit losses? I guess the, the bigger question, right, is, you know, what are the concerns looking forward? I think everyone is, you know, again, we're going to just say it again, still wait and see, wait and see. Um, so, so, you know, in, in, for Ford Credit's case, you know, what, what are we looking at looking forward? 
Yeah, so, so just like other lenders, Ford, even though they did have, you know, fairly good numbers coming out of Ford Credit, Ford Credit still did build that allowance um, by about $800 million from this time last year. So it sits at about $1.3 billion. Um, so, so it is an increase um, from last quarter and year over year. Um, so that, I think, you know, just like everybody else, they know that those low rates and some of the things they're seeing are are probably not going to stay around for much longer. They, you know, they did have some deferral programs that, um, you know, they are extending some, um, but for most part, those are going to end. So we're going to start to see delinquency rates rise, repossessions start, um, and things like that. So they are building that allowance, knowing that those losses are probably going to start to to show up. Mm -hmm. And you know, on 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 the Fed side, Federal Reserve side, you know, we've seen. Um, major banks tighten credit writing, underwriting standards um, in, in their latest uh, survey of senior loan officers. Um, and in fact, 84.2% of respondents says they've squeezed credit requirements to levels the industry has not seen in 15 years. And I think that that uh, is really telling about the expected tra trajectory of the economy and credit performance um, kind of going forward. If these if these lenders are tightening the belt and uh, making sure that they're looking looking at borrowers that are at least on paper a little healthier, um, I think we can expect uh, losses to mount. Yeah, I agree. So shifting gears a little bit, um, this week marked our second session of the Auto Finance Risk Summit webinar series uh, with Michael Benoit of Hudson Cook and Mark Edelman of McGlinchey offering regulatory best practices to lenders in this unprecedented time. Um, I moderated that session, so obviously I didn't pay attention to a word that was said. So Amanda, why don't you, could you fill us in on, on what uh, advice, you know, Michael and Mark had, had for the industry? Sure. Well, first of all, that discussion, I think, was very timely um, and very interesting. A lot of good talking points and, and ideas came out of that. Um, one thing we chose to kind of hone in on that I, I personally thought was, was very interesting, so I decided to write about it, um, was they, they really honed in on this, you know, the deferral programs are ending. And, you know, that brings up the question of, you know, we're going to start seeing an influx of delinquencies and possible repossessions that have been kind of put off um, the last couple months because obviously we were in a very unique situation. And, you know, luckily for a lot of people, lenders kind of know that um, and we're, we're pretty helpful. But, but those are ending and, and you know, eventually we got to start getting back to the normal. Um, you know, they have to kind of consider their, their health as well. So that was a discussion that came up, um, as we know those are coming, about ethics and kind of how to handle that big influx, knowing that a lot of people are still out of work. Um, there's going to be a lot of customers who still can't make those payments. And, and how do you handle that? And how do you, um, you know, kind of meld that knowing the ethics and kind of the moral part of it? So the main kind of idea that came out of that, and this was um, a lot from Benoit, was you know, that the law, unfortunately, is amoral. Um, the law doesn't really, you know, take into consideration individual people's situations. It looks at, you know, the facts. It looks at what their accounts look like. And from there, the lender has to follow their own processes that are already in place to, do, to choose whether or not to do another extension. Um, and they have to consider also their own health and realize that we've already been extending for two, three months at this point. Um, so really it just comes down to, you have to look at, 
what your normal processes are, and then treat the customers the same that are similarly situated. So that was a big thing too. You don't want to overlay your, you know, we all have human emotions, but this is a business decision. Um, and you can't, you have to be careful about overlaying your emotions and then doing it to a point of possibly treating someone differently from somebody else in a similar situation, because you might be looking at uh, an aspect of their life or, you know, um, hearing from them and wanting to do some to something else for them that maybe isn't part of what your already processes allow. Um, so it's really just looking at those and sticking to sticking to what you would normally do, um, even with knowing this unique situation and even with seeing maybe higher numbers than you normally would have. Mm, it's great advice. Great advice. So looking at next week, um, I believe we're going to dive uh, deeper into the inner workings of a relatively new digital auto lender in the refinance space. Is that correct? Yep. And um, I also believe we're going to be looking at Ford Credit's new, or not Ford Credit, excuse me, Ford Motors' new credit card program that has linked incentives. So more details on that next week. Um, quick reminder uh, for everyone listening, uh, we're excited about the Auto Finance Summit, which will be October 20th through 22nd. Um, please check us out at autofinancesummit.com, fin auto and you can subscribe to us at autofinancenews.net. Um, of course, we always want to hear from you. Please rate the roadmap on whichever platform you use, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, um, and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap. We'll see you online at Auto Finance News and here next week, as always. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Joey.